Vikram Agrawal is the founder of Energy Sage, and he just sold his company to Schneider Electric. But the thing that's really unique about this conversation is his non-traditional growth story. And that's because it follows a path that doesn't get talked about enough in the broader entrepreneurial space, including in climate. He started off his company by bootstrapping and building an audience through his blog. And then his first venture dollars was actually from a DOE grant before he ever raised any angel investment. And then how he looked at different approaches rather than just focusing on SEO or buying Google ads or Facebook ads to grow his business, he found a unique angle through channel partnerships in order to scale in 2016 and beyond to today where he's finally joining forces with Schneider Electric. We dive into all of that and even more in this conversation, so I know you're excited to listen in. Now, before we get started, I just want to give a quick thank you to Beth Zonis of the Clean Tech Open Northeast. Without her, we would not have been able to have this awesome conversation with Vikram of Energy Sage. So, not going to keep you waiting any longer. Here's Vikram of Energy Sage. Vikram, this is going to be one of the most exciting shows that I think we're probably going to do this entire year. It's going to be hard to beat learning about Energy Sage, especially after the Schneider Electric acquisition. I think we're going to learn a lot about the growth story and the journey that you've been on, so I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. But for everyone who may not have heard of Energy Sage or been involved in the solar buying process, I would love for you to just give a quick introduction about yourself and a little bit about Energy Sage. Great. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me uh, on your podcast. Uh, I think it's great to be here. Uh, so, yeah, Energy Sage. Uh, uh, so first of all, I'm Vikram Agarwal. I'm the founder and CEO of Energy Sage. Uh, I started Energy Sage almost uh, a little over a decade ago uh, after spending about 15 years at Fidelity Investments, uh, another Boston uh, mainstay, if you would. Uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah, started Energy Sage. And um, uh, so yeah, let me describe Energy Sage. And it was, of course, we pivoted a bit um, uh, so we can we can get into that story in a in a few minutes. So Energy Sage for for um, for all of you, it's a very easy platform, a way for homeowners, and for that matter, even business owners to comparison shop for solar energy systems. So let's say Swarnav, if you were interested in putting solar panels on your property, you shop through us. Uh, you sign up on our platform. Uh, literally takes you two minutes to create an account, tell us where you're located, how much energy you consume, and any preferences you might have. And based on that information, you end up getting quotes from anywhere from three to six solar companies. These are all highly qualified, experienced solar companies who serve your uh, zip code, if you would. Uh, these quotes all are delivered to you online. We standardize all these quotes and show it, show it to you in a matrix-like format. So you can very easily and quickly compare your options, um, evaluate the price that is being offered, evaluate the quality of the equipment, quality of financing, quality of the contractor, 
um, very, very easily and quickly on the platform. And if you need any help, we have a call center. We have energy advisors who are very happy to answer any questions, um, help you make a decision. Uh, the whole process uh, from a consumer perspective is very empowering. It's very transparent. Uh, so it really helps you make a good decision. And because of the competitive nature of a marketplace, uh, you end up paying about 20% less than what you would otherwise pay. Uh, so it is a very simple, uh, but a very empowering uh, platform for consumers. So it's a decade long journey of trying to address that challenge in the solar market. Like anyone who's actively gone through that home buying process or solar buying process for their home naturally knows that receiving bids is a big challenge. But before we get to the later years of where Energy Sage was, uh, now that it's part of Schneider Electric, I would love to kind of start it from the early days and understand when you identified this problem, how you found it, because a decade ago we could still say that solar is very emerging in those 2012 eras. That was the time when solar really started to pick up. So I'd love to learn more about that transition when you were working at Fidelity, when you identified this problem, and what were those early days like of identifying the problem? And you know what got started? What got you started in Energy sure. Sage? Sure. So I'll I'll try to keep that uh, journey a little bit shorter. As you can imagine, it's it's been a long journey. So my my solar journey started sometime in the late two thousand five time frame. Uh, so very, very long time ago. Uh, so I was involved at Fidelity in, I was working at Fidelity's private equity group. Uh, so we were making investments in a lot of different industries. And one in particular was home building. Uh, so energy, uh, Fidelity at one point owned the largest lumber yard company in the country uh, that provided uh, construction material and services uh, to home builders and contractors only. So rather than Home Depot and Lowe's, which are for people like you and I to just walk in, uh, these are lumber yards that provide services to home builders and contractors. So I was the lead analyst in consolidating the, the market. Uh, and while we were doing that, we were creating this big, big national platform. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the governor of California, <laughs> uh, announced the California Solar Initiative. Uh, in late 2005 or early 2006, I forget the exact timeline. So if you folks who may have memories going that far back, he announced that uh, there will be, he, his target was to have uh, a million California homes powered by rooftop solar over the next decade. So it was a, and you have to imagine in, during that time, solar panels costed $5 a watt. Today, they are roughly 50 cents or lower. You can even buy them for 20, 25 cents uh, a watt. Uh, so very, very different time frame. So he was a definite, definitely a wish, visionary. So that was the start of my journey. Some of the builders that we were supporting, they started testing putting solar panels on new homes and found that homes that had solar panels were selling faster than homes that were not powered by solar. So at that point, they came to us, uh, to Fidelity's uh, lumberyard company and said, hey, um, because you provide us with the rest of the home, uh, could you also start providing solar panels and maybe even just install it for us? Uh, so that was, long story short, my entry into, uh, into the solar industry. 
Uh, and by extension, talking to the builders at that point, they were very interested in building more energy efficient homes using better material, wall, better wall uh, material and better windows, et cetera. And then power those homes with not only solar, but other high efficiency energy devices. So next couple of years, I spent uh, learning about this industry and uh, looking at investing in this industry for Fidelity. So really the journey started back in 2005 for you. So I I guess fast forwarding through all that learning, working at Fidelity, learning about building energy efficiency, and I I guess new construction methodologies that were coming out around that time. As you approached 2012, what was the thing that made it click in your head that suddenly made you go, hey, this is an opportunity that someone needs to build a solution for. Yeah, so actually the uh, my my energy save journey started in 2009. Oh. So this is post okay. uh post uh, housing market crash as you as yeah. again people some people may remember in 2008 we had a major uh recession and um the whole har- because of housing market the Wall Street crash happened. Uh, so post that, I decided, you know, um, Obama got elected. Uh, there was uh, actually there were two things that happened. One was George Bush passed the TARP Act, which extended the investment tax credit to residential properties. So for putting solar panels, you would get 30 percent investment tax credit. So that dramatically improved the economics of solar. Second, the prices that were at five dollars a watt for solar panels came down pretty dramatically to, I forget the exact numbers, but maybe closer to $2 a watt. Um, And then, so the economics of solar started really uh, making sense. And by the end of 2008, I realized that solar is actually a great financial decision. So coming from Fidelity, having developed financial products, uh, the light bulb moment uh, was realizing that every household as part of their portfolio should invest in a solar energy system because it will improve the returns of their portfolio. So rather than just investing in the stock market or bond markets or annuities, solar actually delivers better financial returns, tax-free and guaranteed for the next 20 to 30 years, the life of a solar energy system. So at that point, I, I thought I've never seen a better financial product in my life. We, we got it. This is the right, we got to do something about this. People really need to know uh, about this. Uh, so in 2009... So you basically realized back when it was $2 a watt that solar could effectively deliver better, safer <laughs> the returns than can. the market exactly. can Just in many cases. The 2001 market crash and then 2007, 2008 market crash. It's like, man, this is, this is actually a really good financial <laughs> product. Let me go and tell the world. And with the Obama's election and, and, and talking about green energy and green jobs, it's like this is a great time to be an entrepreneur, right? So started building the first version of Energy Sage, which was essentially an educational platform for consumers um, right. to help consumers understand what are the different technology options. And again, I'm very much currently talking about solar photovoltaics, but back then, as I mentioned, my, my purview was quite broad. So we started talking to consumers about solar photovoltaics, solar thermal, geothermal systems, small wind 
turbines, combined heat and power systems, biomass systems. So the first, first version of Energy Sage was a website dedicated to educating the consumers about all these different technologies, uh, help them understand and help them get interested in these technologies, and then have a very basic lead gen model. We had a directory of providers that consumers could connect with and get, get their process started. So build that, uh, started building that, launched the first version in 2010, February of 2010, and uh, ran that for the next 18 months or so, uh, helping, helping educate consumers. But then by the end of 2011, kind of realized that we were actually solving the wrong problem. Um, so what was happening was that people would get interested in these technologies and they would get quotes uh, from different contractors and they would send me the quotes. They would say, Vikram, I, I cannot make any sense of these. They're talking, uh, they're, they're, these, these contractors are all telling me that they have the best offer. Everything else is crap and I should go with them. And I cannot make sense of these, these quotes. They're all mumbo jumbo and unstandardized or whatever. So I would, I would basically take all the quotes and create a report for them. I would basically standardize. I, I wouldn't, I would not go into a lot of detail, but I would standardize all the quotes and give them a report. And without fail, everybody said, this is great. You know, this is what you should be doing. And I actually helped uh, initially the Sierra Club, uh, as we all know, one of the very big um, uh, nonprofits in the in the country, uh, select a solar provider for their uh, really? members, and and ran this analysis for them. So we basically comparison shopped a whole bunch of companies uh, in the solar industry. They were offering uh, their members in California. Uh, they were recommending a solar installer. Uh, so they ended up choosing Sanjevity uh, back then. So anyway. Long story short, everybody just kept coming back and saying, hey, the standardized report is what is the most value here. Right. So that is where in early 2012, the again, another light bulb moment happened. So, okay, how the hell do we now operationalize this standardized reporting? So that is when the idea of a reverse auction marketplace came about. And it just, it just happens, right? You're just sitting there, you're trying to figure out how to solve this problem and literally in uh, just like hey this is a reverse auction process right so at that point okay. we applied for a department of energy um, had a program uh, called the sunshot initiative uh, and they were soliciting ideas for reducing customer acquisition costs uh, so we pitched them this idea of building a reverse auction marketplace and received that grant in the summer of 2012. And that is kind of the official kickoff of Energy Sage because prior to that, I was self-funded. I had the, fortunately I had the resources to self-fund, bootstrap the company. Um, I had a team of uh, folks who were helping me part-time, uh, but I did not really have a full-time team. So that grant from the US Department of Energy really allowed us to make this into a real, real kickoff um, and, and started uh, uh, building a team full time and start building this marketplace. Okay. And so this was June, uh, call it May, uh, May or something. I, again, the time, it's, it's been a long time, right? Right. 20, 10 years. So right at the same time, uh, as you are familiar with the clean tech open 
initiative in Boston, in the in, in actually I should not say Boston, <laughs> in the northeast of the country. Um, I I knew those folks, and I had applied the year before in 2011. Uh, did not did not participate, but then in 2012, actually one of the leaders of Clean Tech Open encouraged me to apply for the Clean Tech Open, um, and I, and my response was, hey, I thought you guys you all were only interested in hardware solutions, and maybe not interested in software solutions. They're like, no, 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 what? Please, please do apply. This is this is great. What you're doing is very interesting. So I actually applied, uh, kind of reluctantly, if you would. Uh, and one of the be better decisions of my life. <laughs> so, so that's that's uh, so. that that's fascinating. So let's recap real quick. It, it seems like you did what today has become very buzzworthy of like, oh, build a community first, build up an audience, then find out what challenges that audience is facing, and then build a solution for it. But really, what you did is. It almost started off like you, you started an educational blog or course platform online, like like an early version of a blog. And, and you guys still do a lot of that. But we'll get we'll get to that exciting part of how you guys grew and scale in a little bit. But it, it seems like you started there. And, and because you were talking with your audience so much, you identified that, hey, there's this innate challenge in being able to select a solar provider just because the solar sales process is a very complex one. Not not because of the fault of the consumer, but sales they reps don't, make, don't it make it very easy in that space. Um, even today, it feels like. But you identify mm -hmm. that, that opportunity to do these comparisons. And because of that, and because you had already technically piloted this service and seen that people liked it, and naturally, that means you could help more solar installers potentially land more customers by being ethical and providing a fair price and bidding on these projects. You suddenly opened up an opportunity to build the energy sage we know today. And it was at that point when you started exploring accelerator programs, grants, that the DOE grant was obviously the financial capital, and I don't think people value grant funding enough. Everyone thinks venture capital is the only way to go, but I love that your start, your story, and your journey started with a DOE grant, and then going to an accelerator organization like Cleantech Open to continue to establish and build this out. Now, accelerators tend to always be the inception for a lot of these, um, you know, high growth companies. I, I'm curious what your journey was like. Like, what was that first year to two? Because it always feels like the startup's journey in the first two years is the time when everything just goes chaotic. So I'm, I'm really curious, what was that journey like in Clean Tech Open? Because that's a one-year kind of involvement process, and some may say it's for life as well, and that grant funding also being there. What was that journey like in the first two years of Energy Sages, I guess, reformation? Yeah, so I, I think I, there are too many battle scars to, <laughs> to relive. Long story short, I think a, getting a startup going 
is very difficult. It is a, you need a lot of help. No matter how smart you are as an entrepreneur, no matter how great of a team you have, you, you need a lot of help. And that is where I'm very glad that we were part of the Boston startup ecosystem, uh, part of the cleantech open ecosystem, because there is so much help that you need, so much support that you need, both, em both emotional and economic. Right, you're you're fighting this battle that not a lot of people really understand what goes through uh, to starting a business, right? So you want to hang out with fellow entrepreneurs uh, because we are all fighting the same same journey, and you can sometimes you think you you feel stupid. Tell you the truth, right? You feel like I must be making this mistake. It must be me, and then you're talking to the other entrepreneurs, and they're like, "No, we are all going through the same thing. It's it's not stupid." And I, I can tell you, it's very easy to give up uh, if you don't have that kind of a support system, right? So being part of, for example, the Cleantech Open, the Boston ecosystem, Massey C, uh, the another, I would like to give a shout out to another great Massachusetts institution. They're all helping you get the right resources. You need to hire, you need customers, you need partners, uh, you need fellow entrepreneurs, you need mentors, you, you just need so much help. And all these people, you're, I'm, I'm still surprised how many people are willing to help you. They don't even know you, right? They don't even, uh, <laughs> you are a stranger to them, but because you're fighting a good fight, there are so many people who are willing to help you. And I, I can tell you, you cannot do without that. So like, uh, what would be a great example of that? Because like, I, I don't think that I, I, I don't yeah. think that point gets drilled in enough where what's a great example of those early days challenges? Like what's one that you just remember that that's traumatized you to the point where <laughs> you're just like, that's that's the one from the early days. Yeah, as I, I, as like I said, I, I can go into hundreds of these uh, one one. Uh, let's see what uh, what one should I highlight. So, of course, when you're starting the journey, uh, we did get some grant from the Department of Energy, but that was not sufficient. You needed even more money, right? You, uh, startups always need more capital, more investment. So we were trying to put together this um, uh, investment deck, the investment mm -hmm. presentation. And this is where the clean tech process came in very handy because they have a three-month timeline. You got to, at the end of your program, you have to have a uh, presentation, an investment presentation. Right. And by the way, like I, before starting Energy Sage, I had a very, um, a very, very much of a strong, broad experience in investments. As I mentioned, I was a private equity investor. I was a strategy consultant before that. I had business development experience, technology experience. I, so I was not coming in raw, right? I had 15 years of pretty strong experience with MBA and a CFA. <laughs> but coming into when you're starting to pitch your own business, it's very different than doing it for the others or, or being on the other side of the table. So where, where I really got help was from mentors that were assigned to me. And there was a timeline, hey, you got to put together a deck. Uh, and they, they basically, hey, here's, here's the outline. Here's a 12-page outline. This is what every investor is looking for. Um, this is what you got to build. And then getting the mentors literally on a weekly basis to give them a draft. They spend hours looking at it, giving you feedback. So you are now iterating and then going to a mock presentation with actual investors presenting in front of them, getting live feedback. 
editing your presentation again, and then making the final presentation. Within three months, you had an excellent investor deck that if it was left to me uh, on my own, would be very hard to get, get to. Right. I mean, you don't really have financials at that stage of yeah. the business you can yeah. base off of. So I I imagine that that contrast must have been a really interesting yeah. experience because you had to reframe your entire mind. And then not only that, to you, I now I, I don't know about you, but I've, I've done investor pitches before in my life. And those early ones are ones that I wish I could take back. So I, I feel like doing those mock runs with investors that have your best interests in mind, that's actually yeah. a really useful point. Is that associated to the accelerators you were part of? That was uh, Clean Tech Open. Okay. Uh, without that, can you imagine going to a venture capitalist and saying, hey, can I practice in front of you? <laughs> you're like, yeah, right, buddy. <laughs> So, and then you're meeting with other, again, uh, the networking events that, uh, that we have, and you're just talking to the right people. You're, you're absorbing so much information, right? How to do this? I was a first time entrepreneur. And as I said, entrepreneurs can make and do make hundreds and hundreds of mistakes. So just getting the right advice, just overhearing others talk about their experience, just being in the room is so valuable right so that that ha that was a great great experience and what what we were trying to do was very disruptive even today what energy sage does is very disruptive right so if 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 you think about uh, people who have used uh, any uh, who have had a project a home improvement project try to find the right contractors and those contractors to actually give you a quote that actually makes some sense is very difficult. Absolutely. So what we, so when we initially approached the solar uh, installers and said, Hey, we are building this reverse auction stuff. We did not use the word reverse auction. We said, we are building this tool for consumers. Would you like to participate? 99 out of the hundred literally laughed us out of the door. They're like, yeah, right. You're, what you're telling me is you're going to make my prices transparent and competitive with my competitors? No way. I'm not participating, right? So this is where groups like MassEC and Sierra Club of Massachusetts came in very, very helpful to help us get us in front of consumers, create the demand that we were then able to go to the installers and say, hey, the installers, look, we have dozens and dozens of consumers who are interested in solar. Would you like to pitch them? And you have, we will make it very risk-free risk for you. Try us out and see what we can do, right? And they liked it, right? It is because consumers love, it, love the experience. And because of that, the installers love that experience. So again, that very first uh, few months, first couple of years was very difficult. And marketplaces are even, I, I won't even go into details about the challenge of building a marketplace. A marketplace mm -hmm. that has to balance demand and supply at the zip code level. Solar is a very localized business, right? Yeah. So again, your the stress levels are crazy. The industry doesn't want to participate. Getting customers at the right ac customer acquisition cost is extremely difficult in the solar industry. Trying to disrupt a market that was so early stage. Again, you have to go back solar industry 10 years ago, 11, uh, nine years ago. 
very, very early stage industry and you're trying to tell the industry, you've got to do things differently and not just a little bit differently, but very differently. Um, so, I mean, how did you feel? Because like, I feel so many founders have hit that wall and that's where companies die. What, what was it like at that point in your journey? Because like you're trying to figure out all these things and, and you have something which I think calls back to your early days that will lead to your real growth story, which we'll dig into next. But what, what did it feel like in that stage? Yeah, it is. As I said, the only thing that an entrepreneur has is perseverance uh, and the right team. Sorry, I should put the team. I think the team is the most critical having the right folks uh, in the room who have the same mission and vision and supporting uh, building building the vision and then just be just just go after it we we always talk about we are looking for people who are so mission driven so ready to to succeed that they know that they are going to face a lot of problems the only commitment that we are looking from them is willingness to acknowledge they're going to be ton of problems and the willingness to solve them one at a time that's the only thing that startups can do. There is no startup that never had problem solving exactly and doing it with a smile, right? Because it can be very difficult. So you need a team that sticks with you, that understands that, yes, it's not easy and we will persevere. Damn. Okay. So I, I think you're in this really interesting stage now. You've got an initial traction, meaning you know there's a problem here. You know consumers love it. You already have traffic coming to your blog because you're basically an educational yes. resource, even still today. And now you're in a position where you also have solar installers starting to get a little bit interested because of the support you're getting from like an organization like Mass CEC in this case. Now, what I'm really interested in is you're stuck in this part between early success you're in that crossing the chasm stage as now popularized what was what was that key that really flipped the switch for you and allowed you to unlock and hit the hit the stride that energy stage yeah. used to become today where it's basically top ranked on google search for almost everything in yeah. my opinion because every time i went down the solar buying experience both in California and here in New York as well, everything I search, <laughs> I, I see an energy sage link pop up. So yeah. you guys have become quite ubiquitous, at least in the States yeah. from my personal experience. So I'd love to kind of understand what was that click that really yeah. took you guys yeah, to I the think next There level. were maybe a two different strategies that we, we were... Um, we used that made us successful. So before I get to those two, as I mentioned, ecosystem is very critical. You're talking to other entrepreneurs. One of the things that um, a lot of entrepreneurs, and especially people in the solar industry, even early on told me that the biggest mistake that they made was spending money on Google AdWords. Oh, yeah. That they nearly, a lot of companies went bankrupt, solar companies went bankrupt, because they thought they can advertise their way out of growth, uh, that they can just spend money and advertise. So as a strategy person, what I always realize is you fight the war that you can fight. You never fight the war that your competitors are fighting. 
So you have to basically figure out what is the right go-to-market strategy for you and not try to compete uh, with the likes of SolarCity back in the day. SolarCity, Sunrun, they were spending gazillions of dollars uh, on marketing. So we were like, we never, we don't have that kind of money and the economics just doesn't work for us. So we cannot fight that battle. So we'd realized that. So yeah. now let me go back to what made us, what really clicked for us. So starting in 2010, I started writing a lot about uh, the buying experience, uh, about solar photovoltaics, solar thermal, geothermal, you name it. So my, my uh, coming out of Fidelity Investments, Fidelity was very, very focused on consumer education. And I think that just came into my DNA that let's educate because without education, there is no consumer confidence. And without consumer confidence, consumers don't buy anything. We only buy things that we feel comfortable and knowledge gives us comfort. So from day one, I started writing a lot of everything that I was learning on the ground. I would turn around and start writing about it. Simple, right? Um, and, I, and, and mostly it was about, hey, let's, let's have the right information for consumers. It, it really was not producing any kind of traffic for us uh, because, as you know, search engine optimization and organic traffic is very, very difficult. Uh, there are 150 or 200 million websites out there, right? So we were, without fail, we were writing content year after year. Um, uh, and it, so that was one. But it was not producing any results for the first several years. So the next thing that we did was we leveraged, we basically said, what we are doing, we need to reach consumers. How do we reach consumers? Let's find organizations that would help us reach consumers. So whether it is um, nonprofits like the Sierra Club or the World Wildlife Fund uh, or your local uh, town committees, right? In Massachusetts, we had the Green Communities Act and we had a number of towns that were promoting uh, renewables and sustainability. Uh, there were large businesses uh, in our neighborhood. There was, a, as you know, there's a company called Staples, very large organization. Uh, so uh, there were there are utilities like National Grid and Eversource. Uh, there are a number of other organizations. So the first thing that we did was we tried to identify these organizations and just started telling them our story and the education that we are providing. And that really helped us. This, this strategy, I guess, is called affiliate and channel partnership strategy. And that is where we zoned in the first two, three years of our life. Um, and that that's what really helped us, including Mass CEC in Massachusetts, NYSERDA in New York, uh, Connecticut Green Bank uh, in Connecticut. Uh, Rhode Island had a very similar uh, state institution. So we, we leverage a lot of the state institutions, nonprofits, employers, etc. Staples Actually, I was surprised early on, recommended us and put us on their website. It's the seventh most trafficked uh, website in the country. Uh, yeah, they basically started recommending us to their, uh, both their employees and even their small business customers. So that was very, very helpful uh, strategy. And that was all because of the ecosystem, right? The, the Boston startup ecosystem, you were able to get connections, make connections um, and and wanted to help us. Uh, and then after almost six years of writing a lot of content in 2016 was kind of our breakout moment where our content just broke out. And literally, if you see our traffic chart uh, from Google search, for example, just it's a, it's a 
fighter exponentially exponential it just took off and story has not stopped right from that so one is again you have to persevere there were a lot of people who even internally we had debates hey should we spend this much effort in writing content because it's not producing anything for five years it's not doing anything right so maybe we should spend more money on advertising maybe we should look at other sources maybe channel partnerships yes it's all of the above you've got to persevere you've got to stick to to a plan um, and make it happen so it's that's that's actually really interesting because the channel partner approach instead of prioritizing seo which you know companies like zapier built their entire businesses off of seo but in amazon as well also does that and and like Google and Facebook ads, you know, the running joke is you raise ventures so you can give it back to Google and Facebook. But but what you did is you identified a different angle to approach this. And this yeah. is actually talking and landing big entities that have credibility to be promoting and supporting mm-hmm. what you're doing in terms of educating the masses. I imagine that's what really stuck with them and got them to go, you know what? I'm happy to drive people to Energy Sage because, you know, it's something I would like to align my brand with and it aligns with my values as well. And the information is obviously rock solid. And of course, this marketplace angle is a, is a useful tool for anyone who decides to actually utilize it. I imagine that's what really made it stick when you had these early partnership kind of that was that was very important and the second thing that we did was we stayed true to our number one value uh, so energy sage our number one value is consumer first and for business school students i would like to differentiate we are a two-sided marketplace there's buyers that are consumers and then there are sellers who are actually our customers. They are the ones who pay us. Business schools will teach you, you should always provide, you should always support your customer. We decided, no, we're not going to do that. We will be in favor of the consumer first. So if there is ever a trade-off that is, uh, or a decision that we have to take that either it's for the, the customer, the sellers, or the consumers, we will always favor the consumer. We will always look at, what is the right thing to do with the consumer? Um, so that has helped us create this trusted advisor relationship with our consumers, people who leverage us. Um, even though the industry gets mad at us at times that we are too consumer centric, uh, but that is that is our it's a value. It's a value. Uh, so you have to choose your you have to choose your values very very carefully. That what are you looking to do? We had number of instances when large companies came to us and said they'll pay us three times more if we just tilted the balance in their favor on the marketplace. We did not do it. There were a couple other competitors who were trying to replicate what we do. They did it. Um, And because of that, no channel partner was recommending them because they had the trust in Energy Sage that Energy Sage will always do right by their audience, whether it's their employees or customers or members or residents. We will always do right by their audience. And that has made us who we are. I think that's actually really important because you see this a lot with marketplaces or platforms in general where the balance between revenue and a user experience and 
there's that short-sightedness of, hey, that's an extra million dollars in cash for us. It sounds amazing. But the opportunity cost that people don't see exactly. is 10 million exactly. that you may make if you just helped continue to support the people. He even helped yeah. you get to that stage. And, and not only that, I think your team feels good, right? We are not mercenaries. We are a mission-driven if you talk to our team members, they all, I think, appreciate that we do the right thing, right? That is what motivates us. That is what in, let, lets us go through difficult times and say, hey, but guess what? We are doing the right thing. We feel good about ourselves and what we do, right? So it is, it is a total package. Um, and I, I love it uh, that we, that there is that, that sense of fairness that, uh, that, and you've been able to maintain that for 10 yeah. years and now obviously you're carrying those values on it's i i just find that inspiring in and of itself because you just see that being lost even in companies that go on to be billions of dollars in value publicly traded whatever it might be holding on to those values is the right thing i i just love that it's it's something that you know it just uh, it, it makes me feel warm and I don't even work there, but but I guess that then the final part of your journey is that 2016 everything just popped to today where you're now joining yes. Schneider and building you know Energy Sage into even a bigger platform potentially, so I'd love to learn is what were those final years of hypergrowth like? How did you hang on to everything that's going on now? That yep. traffic is skyrocketed, traffic is skyrocketing, people are buying, marketplace sellers are joining, everything's just happening. What you imagined year one would be like, as every entrepreneur does, what was that transition like now? What, what was the vision for the future now that you're joining Schneider Electric? Yeah. So that's that's yeah. my two-part question. Yeah. So I think to your first part question is there, there, there was never a moment that we felt safe and comfortable, right? There was so much to do. Keep growing this marketplace. Keep doing things better. Serve our consumers better. Serve our customers better. Serve our channel partners better, right? So that that has always continued. I think what I'm very excited now is the next phase of energy sage so we were historically we were funded by uh, angel groups out of boston uh, launchpad venture group uh, was our lead investor very very thankful for them mass ec was our single largest uh, investor uh, so again cannot thank uh, launchpad or mass ec more uh, than what they've done for us so really really appreciate that that support uh, that we got so we were looking but those are angel investments, right? So we never had a huge war chest uh, to, to invest. So we always had to be very uh, fundamentally strong company. We had really high gross margins. We had excellent uh, unit economics. Uh, so we, we really built a very solid company. So last, last year, we basically started uh, looking for our Series B funding round. Uh, with a goal to now broaden energy, energy sage out of just residential rooftop solar to basically becoming the energy uh, platform uh, for for the United States, I guess. Let's start with that. So that was a electrification platform. So not only you're looking at 
red rooftop solar or even community solar battery and backup solutions to heat pumps, to EVs and EV charging sensors and other connected home devices. And as we all know, we are all moving towards a connected grid, right? Uh, VPP services and how your home actually talks to the grid and vice versa. So that is, that is our vision to now let's build energy sage into uh, that platform that consumers can use for all things energy. So that was our, our uh, journey last year. We started talking to a lot of investors um, and uh, we, we ran into Schneider, which we have worked uh, off and on as, as a partner over the years. And they really liked our growth story, our positioning, uh, and decided to make a substantial investment, take a majority stake uh, in the company. And now we are looking to build this platform uh, and hopefully uh, someday take the platform globally. So that's the exciting, exciting part. Damn. Okay, well, I, I mean, I, I think if that's not inspiring, I, I don't know what is. I, I mean, to to recap the entire story that we just went over, it, it started off like an educational blog, eventually showed you that there's this reverse marketplace and this quote comparison concept, which then led you to joining accelerators to find community, learn how to just be an entrepreneur. And eventually you identified the strategy of, hey, let's go form partnerships with some of the biggest entities, like even Staples. And then suddenly all that hard work, the blog content that you were putting out, suddenly pops in 2016. And then the rocket ships off to the races. And now given the climate and the timing, electrification is now the big topic. It's not just solar, which leads you to have almost... uh, I imagine a really interesting partnership forming with Schneider Electric to enable that future because obviously now it's not just buying solar. Exactly. It's buying an electric vehicle that may have the VG exactly. capability. Is that important to you or do you want energy storage by yourself or do you want a Tesla solar roof and all these different technologies, heat pumps and it's it's just overwhelming. It is overwhelming. Homeowners exactly. and consumers. Exactly. So and that's, that's where. The, I, yeah. I find that beautiful. Yeah. And we are really well positioned to be that trusted advisor for the consumer, helping them make the right decision. These are very big investments. These are not small investments. We are not talking hundreds of dollars. We're talking thousands of dollars. And they all have to talk to each other, right? You, you just cannot have solar and batteries in a vacuum. Now, how is that going to work with your kitchen appliances, how you're using uh, energy and when are you using energy. And we know that as more electric vehicles um, uh, are are adopted by consumers, the demand for electricity is going to skyrocket and how we will balance the grid. Anyway, that is the future and we want to be part of that future uh, in helping make consumers the right decision. Well, Vikram, I think that's where I think we should leave this episode because I think there's a lot for people to chew on and learn from on that front. I I guess the last thing I want to ask you is, is there anything you would like to plug for Energy Sage or yourself? Um, You have the floor. Hiring, anything of that nature. The the floor is yours. I think you just hit it. We are growing. We are looking for smart, motivated folks. Please come and join us. Uh, There are a lot of Uh, positions that we are currently actively recruiting for but there are even more 
positions that we have in uh, in the pipeline. So please do reach out, uh, join us. It's a very exciting time. Awesome, Vikram. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Swarna. Woo! Well, that was a conversation and a half. I uh, I learned a lot, and I hope you did as well. Um, the two big things that really stuck out to me was the channel partnership growth strategy that he used, as as well as the values part. Um, you don't see that very often these days, but the fact that he was able to carry those values along with him over a 10-year journey and uh, now even post-acquisition is just is just a heartwarming thing and i think we can all include that in our own businesses now if you want to show your support um, you can follow this podcast by going to readtheimpact.com and finding the green room page on the site Um, And if you want more content like this, uh, you can actually subscribe to the newsletter at readtheimpact.com. And you'll see the subscription box right there. It's free, and uh, you can always unsubscribe later. Um, But if you want to really follow this podcast specifically on Apple or on Spotify, make sure to hit the follow button and do all the fun things. Um, But before I leave you guys today and uh, get working on the next episode for y'all to listen to, I just want to give a quick thank you to Beth Zonis of the Cleantech Open Northeast Division uh, for helping facilitate this conversation with Vikram of Energy Sage. But with that being said, I will see all of you in the next one.